This is the time, this is the place, and this is FC3 Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. And since anything is geeky, if you love it enough, you never know what you're going to get. I am your host, this is C, and this week we'll be talking about John, we'll be talking to, not about, not, not about. Well, we'll, we'll be talk talking about, about with him, him. Yeah. to John Kovalik. Cartoonist, illustrator, and writer, best known for his work on the webcomic Dork Tower and his work on games such as Munchkin, Shea Geek, and Apples to Apples. After that, stick around for our Everyday Heroes shout out and our question of the week. In the studio with me, as always, the legend, Billy DeTori. Hello, Chris. What's going on, big man? Not much. Yeah. Same old stuff. Going to see uh, Black Panther soon. And nice. So Caught it last night myself. I think, Tanya, you've seen it I too now, Friday. haven't you? Yes. I, I, I will tell you, and, and Becca's in the studio with us today. Say hi, Becca. Hello. It's okay. Say, and then on the phone, and then we're going to go back to talking about Black Panther. But on the phone with us is producer Sherry, who's already shaking her head going, oh, my God, he's off the script already. <laughs> you can't no. herd that cat. He's can't too big. Can't herd that cat. It's, yeah, I, I, well, I'm not as big as a Black Panther, mind you, but, uh, well, actually, no. Well, the, you might be. Chadwick Boseman's not a, not a small man That's to begin with. Um, and then with Sherry are the, is the irrepressible monkey wench. Hello, monkey wench. Hi. And Mr. Chris, how you doing there, sir? Yes, fine. How are you? Oh, I'm having more fun than I conceivably know what to do with right now, i got to tell you. Uh, but yeah, saw it. <laughs> saw it last night. Saw Black Panther with the kids last night. We did our um, usual, hey, let's just go see a movie. Not, notwithstanding, there's like 1030 at night you're already. You're five inches taller than he is. I'm five inches taller than Chadwick Boseman? Yes, he's Still not feet. a small man. No. <laughs> oh, man. And he's a great Damn. presence on screen. It, yes. was, it, was, it was hands down a, a, just a fantastic movie. So, we'll and get I think into Black Panther on another podcast. Yeah, because we're going to be talking. I think we're all going to go. The podcast crew, we're all going to go see it together next weekend, right? And then we we're going to yeah. yes. we're going to do a thing. So we'll talk more about that movie coming up in a future uh, podcast, future episode. Because people a chance to actually go see it before we start I, I, talking about it. I'm just going to tell you though, I I'm highly recommend it. It's phenomenal. Too. What's that, Chris? I said we'll also talk about that thing too. That thing, that thing you do. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> really. No, you said we were going to do a thing. I'll we're going to do a thing. We're going to do a thing and then another thing. Move the thing. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm boy. still channeling my inner, inner Princess Bride script. Um, that was a while ago. That was a while ago. But I'm, I'm off. I'm off and running. I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. So how is everybody doing right now? Sherry is definitely cringing. Well, that's fine. Because, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Because Sherry's, Sherry's reach is long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for. Well, I won't get the text message to smack you because she's oh currently on the phone. I will tell you. Here's what. <laughs> it is possible text message. Yeah, I know. And talk on the phone at the same time. Here's here's the thing. So. Let, me, let me explain to the listeners why this is an inside joke. All of a sudden, is because uh, just recently last we had weekend. the minicon last weekend for us, but it might have been a couple mm -hmm. weekends ago by the time you hear this. Uh, we had our minicon at the Research Center Mall, so it's the second one. Yep. And and Sherry and Chris and, and Alana could not be there. Um, and I forget what it was that started the conversation, but in a text message between Sherry and I, uh, she said, you know, don't start with me, Mr. My, my reach is long. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Right. Then your daughter so, gets a text. So all of a sudden throughout the course of the weekend, people start walking up to me going, Sherry's reach is long. And I get smacked across <laughs> the back of the shoulder. That's funny. Right. And I'm like, what the heck? And, you know, so she I just smacked him for the heck of it. Oh, and I know. He goes, <laughs> Sherry. Let's be fair. 
In my defense, uh-huh. I only contacted a couple people. There were many people who did it. There was a bandwagon effect. Own. People started understanding <laughs> this that this was a thing. You should not have introduced me to your friends. Yeah, well. <laughs> they like me. Yes, well, like that, me. There's, you're very likable. But here's the thing. We're, in, we're, in, we're talking about the, the piece that is these thoughts of this. <laughs> I had been, I, I bitched her out. I bitched her out at one point. I'm like, this is getting ridiculous because I'm getting smacked from You're like dozens have to push of people. The on Spreaker. Right? Oh, please. <laughs> that's not like that's the worst thing I've ever said on this podcast. Um, <laughs> and and so here we go. So Sunday comes along, and and, and Sherry and I had already talked about this, and I'm like, wow, you got to calm these people down. This was getting a little ridiculous. So halfway through Sunday, <laughs> the Power Rangers, it's uh-huh. Kevin Duhaney and and I can't remember Jeff. Jeff. Jeff uh, Perazzo. Yeah. Uh, the Power Rangers who came to sign autographs are walking to their panel, and Kevin Duhaney. Um, who had played the Blue Ranger, walks over to the FC3 table. command table where all the bosses were hanging out, keeping an eye on things, and he reaches out, gives me a gives me a handshake, and he looks at me and goes, there's no power in the verse that can stop Sherry. Yeah. And I'm just staring at him for a second. I'm like, <laughs> my eyes go wide, and everybody around me is dying because Sherry got a Power Ranger to do it. And I'm like, I'm just staring at him like, that I, I, I had I, to bow to the master at I, that point. I saw the Facebook message that Sherry had sent to Brian because I was on Brian's laptop that, okay. that Sunday morning. So uh-huh. I saw the message and I sent her a message. I'm like, you do realize what you're getting into. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And she's like, don't you dare say a word. I'm like, nope. I'm like, I like oh, my life. My guy. I even texted her. I'm like, you got a Power Ranger to, t- to do this? Yeah, Brian and I, went and, and said, And I bow before the I... master. And I'm like, oh, my God. That, wait, that blew my mind. Wait until young Amy Pond does it. At, uh, oh, see, there you go. <laughs> Stop giving her, don't give her Send ideas. Send that message to Heather now. Don't give her ideas. <laughs> I've got plenty of NPCs in, in, oh. in Sherry's D&D game I can kill off. Eric anyway, Avari. Eric Avari, what about him? Oh, seriously? <laughs> you know what would be best? You know, see if we're going to take this to an extreme is Eric Avari's dog. And you just tie oh. a little <laughs> note to his collar and have the dog walk up to me at that point. You know, so. But Beth Sher- is losing it already. Sherry's reaches love. But yeah, but, but, but Sherry's going to be at FC3 in June. Yep. So Sherry's. Oh. I'll be able to get her some on Got overwhelmed there for a second. <laughs> Um, so there, yeah, but she's going to be at FC three in June. So I, I don't know how how likely that this sh- these There's shenanigans. There's no power will... in the verse because can stop Sherry that weekend. I, I guarantee you'll have to hide. Dolly, I'm trying to get Dolly to get to some video of behind the scenes stuff. Right, I can guarantee there's probably going to be at least a few minutes where Sherry and I are chasing each other through the hallways. So <laughs> I'm going to have a, one of those boffer a few stories. Minutes? What shenanigans am I going to miss? Shenanigans. Can I mention something funny that happened to me at uh, Minicon last week, or just something I, I thought was kind of neat? Tell me. I, I was at uh, one of the booths, one of the uh, merch tables, a gentleman from, uh, it was 13 Verse Comics, mm-hmm. and I was oh, I looking through the comics, and I, I happened to just glance up at... Uh, the guy running the table and i noticed he had a logo on the back of his shirt mm-hmm. that uh there's a podcast i like called tell him steve dave it's two okay. guys from the tv show comic book men kevin smith's no comic book store mm-hmm. tv show uh, uh and also a guy from impractical jokers the show on true tv i've seen it so it's they have a podcast called tell him steve dave it's one of my favorites and i have a bunch of merch from that show or from uh that podcast mm-hmm. t-shirts and and by and whatever so i i look up and this guy's got the logo from the podcast on the back of his t-shirt and i look that's the four color demons logo i have that shirt <laughs> i'm wearing that shirt. oh my god i i had a sweatshirt on but i go excuse i go excuse me can you turn around yeah that's the shirt on it, it's a a Tom Steve Dave shirt that has a bunch of uh, uh-huh. uh, inside jokes from the podcast. I go, 
And, and they have, they call their fans ants. Okay. And supposedly, if you ever run into an, another ant, you'd put your two fingers up on <laughs> okay. their and you give them an ant. Did you like guys do that? Tennis. Did you do it? So I go, is that a tell them, Steve? Yeah, I go, yeah. And I give him the ant sign. He goes, oh my God, they always say that hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> listen to this show, and I've never met another, another fan, another ant. That's amazing. I go, amazing. not only that, and I lift up my sweatshirt, <laughs> I'm wearing the same shirt. That is amazing. And we became friends. There you go. There so you go. I made a new friend. That Thanks is phenomenal. SC3 Minicon. Someone else it. into your tribe. Yes, I exactly. It. I love yes. it. Yes. If I am ever anywhere, this is for every, anybody who is listening to this, if I'm ever anywhere that has, and I have wearing a shirt with a fandom on it that you like, that is blanket permission to come and talk to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm the same way. I really am. If you see, if like, like people will start, conver- when I'm wearing my Doctor Who hoodie that I wear to FC3. People will see it and they're like, "Oh my God, a Doctor Who! That's so awesome!" They'll start talking to me about Doctor Who, and it's like, "Okay, oh no, yeah, good. absolutely, I'm yeah." Good. If, you, if you're ever wearing anything, I'm good. It's I have like, a fandom uh, on today. You do? What I, do you have on today? I do. Oh, you got your Princess Leia shirt on, mm-hmm. and my uh, Rebel sweatshirt, and your Rebels. Oh, that is a that looks like a comfy hoodie. It is. What size is that? I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. The, it, probably not big enough for me. I've got Mystery Science Theater 3000 on today. I got to tell you. After, oh, after it's a, it's a unknown size because I cut the tag out. Oh, I see. <laughs> Chances are it's an extra large. I think there it was go. a small. It's a small. Pretty it's sure a small. it's a small. It's a pretty small. Hint, hint, yeah. nudge, I nudge. I don't know. Here, let me try it. Let me see it. Let me see it. Hang on a second. Oh, this is not nearly as heavy as I thought it was. No, it's nice and soft though. Oh yeah, that fits. Okay, cool. All right. Damn, Good. I lost my sweatshirt. Uh, to me, so that's like that's turnabout because you have like a couple a of mine. It doubles as a scarf. There you go. Sherry, he took my sweatshirt. What? You gave it to me. I No, you said let me try it on. <laughs> I didn't give it to you. Well, that's okay. You're, you're wearing his bra. <laughs> it, well, it, it didn't fit me anymore. So, All right. Here okay. you go. You can have your sweatshirt okay, back. So mm-hmm. Okay, so are we going to go to our... Uh, We're going to do our thing? Our uh, Yeah, the thing that Chris wants you to do. What's, what's the thing? Go to our first break. We're going to go to our first break. Okay. We're going to do that. We have yes. a break. That's we- phenomenal. And when we come back... We're going to have John Kovalik. Okay, and we're back, and we are with John Kovalik. John is a cartoonist, illustrator, and writer. He is best known for his dark Dork, excuse me, Dork Tower comic book. <laughs> Not to book. be confused with the thing Dark Tower, which yeah, is something I know. totally different. Well, I was watching that the other day. So oh, I think it's in my why. brain. Uh, the Dork Tower comic book, comic strip, and web comic, and other humorous works set in and about the fantasy role-playing game genre. He has illustrated board and card games for several companies, including Steve Jackson Games, notably the Munchkin, Munchkin. Card Game, and Shea Geek. John is a co-founder and co-owner of Out of the Box Publishing. He is also the company's art director and designer of the party game What Do You Know?, as well as the illustrator of Apples to Apples. John, really? thank you very Yep. <laughs> Seriously. Now you got my attention. Now we got Billy. We missed that earlier when we were talking about Now that. we got a Billy. Okay. Uh, John, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate you spending some time with us here on Monkey Business. You're very welcome. Uh, we were having a great little conversation oh, before. About it's, it's gaming. About gaming, because, you know, even even in our, our advanced ages, uh, <laughs> we, we are still gaming geeks, and I love that. That's, that's a great thing. John, how long have you been playing for? Oh, honestly, boy, um, 76. Okay. Um, I grew up, in, I was born in England. Okay. 
can tell from the accent. Oh, yeah, I can tell. It's definitely very <laughs> um, thick. Manchester, me and Morrissey. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I, we, my family moved back and forth uh, mm-hmm. across the Atlantic, and when uh, I went back to school in England when I was 10, and I, uh, in the U.K., a lot of schools or a lot of gaming clubs, and at the time, it was mostly historical miniatures. Uh, so I was painting up Airfix models and Airfix soldiers, and then I discovered that you could buy rules for these things and yeah. play games with them, and that was magic to me. Um, <laughs> and my, we were living in uh, the county of Somerset, which is down in the um, southwest of England, and every now and then my parents would drive us up to London just for the day. Mm-hmm. And there was a game store in one of the outlying uh, boroughs of London called Hammersmith. And there was a game store called Games Workshop. Oh. Okay. The very first Games Workshop oh, my stars. store. Where they actually, it was a real game store at the time. Uh-huh. Not, it's not a real game store now, but you know they had other things apart from... Uh, this was well before Warhammer, uh, Warhammer and Warhammer uh, 40K came out. So they were a general gaming store, and that's where I discovered this little tiny white box of three <laughs> small booklets called Dungeons and & Dragons. Mm. And the rest so, is yes, history. I was not actually in at the beginning, but in pretty soon after the beginning, and it blew my 15-year-old mind. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I got into it. I was given the red box uh, in 82. Mm. And I didn't get into my first full game until like '87. I didn't start until '92. Oh. Yeah, so I mean, we, you know, we're we're relative latecomers in comparative speaking, but uh, but that's yeah, it's still, that's the, you've been doing this 30 years now, so that's yeah. not. We're, we're in there. We're in the trenches. No. <laughs> I just have to remember not to get too attached to my character because Chris <laughs> oh. will kill it. I'm the DM currently, so that's that's why she's she's right, constantly. <laughs> don't don't get, don't get attached to NPCs either. Yeah. Sherry like is realizing dragons. I have a little bit of a George R. R. Martin streak right now. Oh, you like oh, that character? No. Oops. See, I'm, I'm DMing my group, uh-huh. um, and I started getting back into DMing with Fifth Edition, which yes. I love. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always enjoyed Pathfinder, and I enjoyed playing 3.5, mm-hmm. and uh, but I, it's just nothing I ever would have wanted to have run. Uh, it's very there's there's lots it's of chunky. bells and whistles and yeah. fidgety bits. Whereas 5th edition uh, is also great in a different way. And so I've been having a huge amount of fun uh, running it for my players. Mm-hmm. Nobody's died yet. We're, play- we're, running through- <laughs> we're still running through the Lost Minds of Fandelver. Okay. Which and is honestly, the opening starter kit. a really good group. And I will be as devastated as any player when one of the characters finally dies. I, I'm with you on that one. I don't like killing PCs. I've done it on on a couple of occasions, but it's uh, don't look at me like that, Tanya. How many people? How many people have died when I was the DM? I can't. The nice See. thing about Fifth Edition is it's very um, it's very easy on the death. I mean, yes. they give you a lot of chances not to die. Right, they do. You really have to, to to mess a few rolls up and in succession, and a lot of circumstances have to fit together. Yeah, it's gotten close, but so far everybody's made it through. So I've, I've also um, I've thrown another um, a little monkey wrench into the works uh, where um, in the world the world they're playing in right now is a custom build, one that I've been tinkering with for about thirty years. I started creating this game world back when you know Greyhawk people were, were running Greyhawk, and nice. um, one of the the nuances of it is that resurrection magic 
is nearly impossible to find. So if you your character dies, guess what? <laughs> You're dead. You're not coming back. So it, it's yeah. made the characters kind of be very careful about how they approach certain situations because they know that, you know, oh, I can't just go to the local cleric and get a raised dead. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, I'll be handling it similarly, especially uh-huh. with, you know, the characters are still third level. Uh, I've been, you know, they, they've been leveling up at a much slower rate than mm-hmm. I think. I was know, noticing that. Girls, yeah. Um, suggests. <coughs> Mike is one of the designers of uh, Fifth Edition. He's actually the, uh, the the head of the team. Um, Mike Merles. Yeah, and he suggests uh, leveling up every four to six hours of play. I think. And when I heard that, it's like, oops. I hope my players do not hear that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we're actually going to be interviewing Jeremy Crawford in uh, in March, so we we're, oh, nice. we're going to get an opportunity to, to pick his brain about some things. I was just realizing I didn't, you know, we play every other Sunday, so it's two times a month, and yep. we've been playing this particular campaign for a year, and the characters are now averaging fifth, sixth level. So I'm like, okay, that, I'm wondering if I'm right on pace at the moment. So. Mm. We play once a month, so your pace is probably similar because right now. Mm-hmm. Most of the characters are moving up to third level. Okay. But, you know, this comes from my experience playing first edition. Right. Uh, back in school. And, you know, back then, it's like, oh, my goodness, you worked for every freaking level. Yeah, you, you did. Know, you didn't just oh my God, kill you did. the first goblins you came across, and all of a sudden, whoopee, I'm yeah. second level. Ding. <laughs> Kids these days, I tell you what. I know. And it was this love for, for D&D that led to... The, the central cop topic of our conversation today, 20 years of Dork Tower. Yes, this is the, the official 20-year celebration of Dork Tower. Oh, and man. I've never felt hey. so old in my life. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you first started drawing it, were you just drawing it for yourself and the gang at the table? No, actually. What happened was uh, back in, well, I was, was going to do the math, no, tw- back 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, I'd started, I'd left gaming for for about 10 years. Oh, wow, um, okay. I didn't have a group. I had just gone through college uh, and uh, sort of, you know, made a couple of half-hearted stabs to introduce people to role-playing games and mm-hmm. didn't really take. So for about a good 10 years, yeah, I was still buying games, I was, you know, uh, still reading games, but I didn't really have a group. Then I started getting back uh, with a group of gamers here in Madison, Wisconsin. Actually, the people who run Pegasus Games, oh, wow. one of the uh, great little game stores. Um, <clears throat> so that was a really good group to get in with. And we started doing, uh, we, we had weekly games back then, mm-hmm. um, luxury. Uh, yeah, I know, seriously. <laughs> and we were playing everything. So we played D&D, we were playing uh, a lot of Call of Cthulhu. I love Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> I was bringing Traveler into the mix. Okay. Traveler has always been one of my favorite games. Um, we were playing, uh, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, the, the Weird West game. Oh, Boot Hill? Um, Deadlands. Deadlands, okay. And, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and Space 1889. And so I was getting back into gaming. I was also working for the local newspaper, the Wisconsin State Journal, as a feature writer and a cartoonist. I was doing editorial cartoons for them. And I convinced them, like we live in Madison, that's about an hour and a half from Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and I convinced the paper <laughs> that Gen Con in Milwaukee was a big enough Wisconsin story, I should cover it. <laughs> so they sent me to Gen Con uh, for like two or three years uh-huh. uh, on their dime. And I was slowly getting back into gaming, uh, into the whole scene. Uh-huh. Uh, I was talking with companies, I was... Um, 
uh, you know, doing some cartooning, doing some reviews for some zines at the time. Um, and I started doing single panel cartoons for a magazine called Shadus, which was around back then. Very good, very good general uh, role-playing uh, gaming magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also ran the Knights of the Dinner Table comic. Oh, my God. Okay, I remember that one. Yeah, and that is still around and going strong. Yep. And But this is when Knights at the Dinner Table, Jolly Blackburn left uh, the company, and he took Knights at the Dinner Table with him to Kenzer and company. Mm-hmm. And the editor of Shadus back then, DJ Trindle, asked me at Gen Con, could you come up with a comic strip for us? And I said, sure, absolutely. And as I was walking... Out the door of Gen Con, I was thinking to myself, what the hell am I going to do? There you go. Um, okay. What did I just get myself I into? I a daily comic strip that had been syndicated briefly uh, around the U.S. called Wildlife mm-hmm. for Chronicle Features. And Carson the Muskrat was one of the characters uh, in that. He was the main character in that comic strip. And so I thought about taking all the old wildlife characters and bringing them into the new strip. And I didn't really want to do that. I, I, I wanted to kind of come up with something totally new. And uh, I sort of went back to the basics. When I, when I talk to schools, when I talk to kids, I tell them just to start, you know, from the basics, draw a shape and make something out of that shape. So I did that myself. And uh, I drew a square, a triangle, and a circle. And the square, if, if, you, go to the, if you go to Dork Tower, mm-hmm. you know, Igor has got kind of a square face, Matt's got kind of a triangular face, and Ken has got kind of a circular face. So okay. right away, I have the three characters. Um, but yeah, the very first the very first strips were definitely straight from my gaming group. Um, especially, I was running a lot of GURPS okay. at the time. Uh, the, the Steve Jackson games, role-playing yep. game, the general, uh, I, generic universal role-playing system. Yep, I have dabbled with it myself over the years. Oh, I loved that. Uh, so a lot of people think the early Dork Tower strips were based on Dungeons & Dragons, whereas, in fact, they were GURPS 3rd edition. Okay. Um, but yeah, There's some trivia for you. Taking, taking you know, my tabletop experiences, uh, especially running the games back then, I quickly came to identify with Matt, who was the dungeon master of the group in the comic strip. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, having the other players destroy absolutely everything he's worked for, um, it's, it's, that's, that's become, it's become kind of a trope these days. Um, but uh, back then, you know, there weren't nearly as many gaming comics. Uh, there, there were very, very few of them. And so that was my shtick, was having the, the characters just absolutely ruin uh, every single campaign Matt would run. I, I and I see that all and the time. People can relate to that. So go oh yeah, <laughs> I see it all the time. Uh, my uh, my friend Randy is our, one of our main DMs. It happens all the time for him. He lays out this this you know basically lays out the banquet and we just eat dessert. You know it's that kind of <laughs> we go the opposite direction. Yeah, you know, or I'll create this this vast and complicated maze and they find a way to plow like straight through it. You know, bust this wall, <laughs> bust this wall, bust this wall. Who okay. Us? Yeah, you. Nice. Yeah. Evan. Yep. Evan. Evan rules bender is basically. <laughs> we, we have we have a friend at our um, we have a friend at our table. His name's Evan, and and constantly when he tries to get something done, he doesn't read the blah blah blah. He does not read the he does not read the fine print of the things that he's trying to do. So it's. Oh it, no. Yeah. So, so so Randy the DM has called him Evan Tar Rulesbender. Yep. 
That's that's his uh, that's his stage name. I love right it. There. And we got everyone at the table to actually call him that. <laughs> we all do. Oh, don't that's we? that's always a bad sign. Every game that um, he's in, I knew I knew one a... of the characters, uh, one of my you know the, uh, players who I was playing with back in college, uh-huh. um, was doomed. Uh, he was a barbarian, and uh, as soon as as soon as the nickname Gonad the Barbarian. <laughs> Go Ned, the barbarian. I've uh, I've traveled. I was at um, Ruticon, which is a, a gaming convention here at one of our local colleges. Was it RIT or URR? RIT? It's RIT, Rochester Institute of Technology. And uh, I I w- was in a party with uh, Fubar, the barbarian. And mm-hmm. so Fubar, Go Ned, they're probably in the same clan. Um, yes, exactly. We had a friend that would it, name it like it, Eep off the Gras. Yeah. And the name it was not the most feared clan. Yeah. Yes. Uh, My question is, does uh, making gaming as your living does that take away from the fun of actually just playing? Do you ever feel no, that it's no, not at all? Good. In fact, the, the the problem with it is you tend not to have a lot of time for gaming. Mm-hmm. It's one of the running jokes in the industry. Uh, so I've been I've been in the industry uh, part time and then full time essentially for the last uh, yeah twenty twenty years or so, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, no, 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 you love, you still love the gaming. Uh, you just want more time for it after hours. Um, yeah. I would love it. Uh, I would love to get more gaming in. I would love to run my uh, D&D campaign once every two weeks instead of once a month. So, uh, I would love to be able to make every single uh, session for board games and beer, which is a little get-together at uh, some of the bars mm-hmm. uh, that's been organized. That's great. So I take it you um, go through gaming withdrawal. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. It's uh, the 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 difference is. I mean, gaming is no longer really my hobby. So when I'm playing, uh, when I'm running uh, fifth edition, well, when I'm when I'm playing a game, a board game that somebody else has designed, uh-huh. I tend to be thinking, okay, how would I have done this? Or wow, that's incredibly clever. I could never have done this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you you approach uh, a game somewhat differently. Um, you know, I will. I'll get blown away by the mechanics of uh, especially a board game or a miniatures game. I just played uh, for the first time um, uh, Blood Rage, the Cool Minis or Not board game, uh, the Viking-themed one. And okay. Oh my goodness, what a fantastic game. It's beautiful. Uh, just so well designed, and it plays so quickly and so smoothly. And it looks like a very complex game, but it's not. And that's Blood uh, or Rage, a game, you said? A, very, Blood a much Rage. simpler game like Camel Up, okay. which is a hilarious fun uh, it's one of the games I use to introduce non-gamers to board gaming. Uh, every time you play, it's a little bit different. It's very unpredictable. Um, but yeah, both both cartooning and gaming have become my jobs, but they are still really fun. If I can sit down, uh, I would just as soon be sketching on my iPad uh, hmm. as pretty much doing anything else still these days. <laughs> That's and I think that's the that's the equation that that we're trying to solve here is how can we make gaming our our, our everyday job? Yeah, that would be amazing. It's worth striving for. Let me it, tell you. It tell you, I'm I'm all in on that idea. And yeah, then it's tremendously fun. Uh, it does get tiring. I mean, there are a lot of conventions you got to travel to. This mm-hmm. is going to sound. I know people listening to this are probably going to want to punch me in the face, but you know, I went to Europe seven times last year, Aww. and it's great. It's a huge privilege. Yeah, but, it's but honestly, tiring. I'm exhausted. Yeah, a yeah, that's time. a lot of that's a lot of plane time, and that, that's yeah. Oh yes, thank I mean, you, Delta Silver Medallion level. Oh boy. <laughs> well, just like when we had our little mini con last weekend, just mm-hmm. like Monday and Tuesday, I was exhausted. And yeah, that, and that's not yeah. even doing much. 
We we have two oh, types yeah. of uh, oh, conventions yeah. that we throw, John. We have our big yep. annual Flower City Comic Con that we usually do in the spring or summer. Yep. And and that's like <laughs> that's like a lifetime achievement award to pull that weekend off. And then oh, we will do yeah. one or two what we call mini cons where we're in one of the local malls here where we do a little slice of what we do at the big show. So it's 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 more than just a regular toy and collectible show. We have a gaming area, we have, you know, the guests and whatnot. And oh, nice. that will still drain the heck out of you too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, it's it's a fun kind of exhaustion at the end of it. it is. I mean, there are there are far worse jobs to have and far worse tasks to have. Amen, amen to that, my friend. Um, and then you know, I, I want I'm looking at my notes here, and I see that you know, 20 years of Dork Tower, which we've been talking about, but then 15 years of Munchkin. Yeah, actually, now it's 16 going on 17. Oh so boy! Munchkin uh, celebrated its 15th anniversary okay. last year, okay. and that's been a hugely fun ride. I mean. Being able to work on a game with Steve Jackson himself. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first got was getting into gaming back in the late seventies, he was putting out these little micro games. Mm-hmm. Um, Ogre and G E V both started as these tiny, tiny little games. Um, and I loved them. So when he asked me to illustrate uh, well first I illustrated uh, Shea Geek for Steve Jackson games, mm-hmm. which wasn't his design. Um but then he asked me to illustrate this game he was working on called Munchkin, and I was over the moon. Holy cow. Like, working with one of the greats in gaming like that is the sort of thing you still... It still makes my head spin, honestly. I'm, I'm looking at the actual page for Munchkin, and it says, go down in the dungeon, kill everything you meet, backstab your friends, steal their stuff, grab the treasure, and run. It's like a normal gaming night. Well, exactly. <laughs> not, not with our current party, but not we've had, we've party, had parties we've in had the parties. past. Like when we were exactly, playing, but with none of the prep time, so that's why it's so popular. <laughs> so I'm looking. Okay, I, can I ask a question? Go ahead, Cher. Okay, um, John. We first heard about Munchkin through um, the comic strip uh, Something Positive. Yes, uh, Randy Milhounds. Um yes. and uh, I know that they that there was a card that was put into Munchkin based on his comic. Did you draw yes. that? Yes. Yes, there was. Uh, and I cannot remember what that one was. <laughs> it was the Redneck Tree. Yeah, that's right. That was in either the second or third Munchkin expansion, I believe. Okay, I just wasn't sure if you did that expansion, because that's where we first heard about the game and became, oh my, oh my God, we need to get this, because we've been fans of something positive since the beginning. Nice. So, and yeah, that's a great that's also how I, we I found you. It. I don't read a lot of um, those sorts of web strips because I don't want to accidentally steal anything from them. Yeah. <laughs> I read a joke there and then recycle it as my own later, which is actually one of the drawbacks of this job because there are a lot of great strips out there I would love to read on a daily basis and just love to keep up with. Mm-hmm. And I just can't because I will, uh, I will find myself recycling a joke of my own, like two years or ten years after I've made the joke, I will go through the archives and I will realize, like, oh my gosh, I already did that, and there I did it again. So I don't want to do that to anybody else's material. If there yeah. is a joke, um, it's like I, I want some kind of deniability. It's like, oh, no, that was just, we both came up with that idea. Maybe I got it later than you, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Randy's great, and um I've drawn, I draw most of Munchkin uh, still. Um, there's just too much Munchkin. I don't, wouldn't possibly have the time to draw everything. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I've drawn over 5,000 Munchkin cards. Oh my God. And I'm looking at wow. the Munchkin site, and I'm just like, oh, my God, there's two and three and four and five and six and 6.5 terrible tombs. I, I, yes. I, I, oh, my, I hate drawing those dungeons, by the way. They take so long, the dungeon <laughs> guards. I don't hate them. <laughs> they do take a long time. <laughs> but, uh, for example, like Munchkin Shakespeare, um, I finished up last year. That was a... Really nice uh, set, which was kickstarted, and it ended up really. earning close to uh, a third of a million dollars on Kickstarter. Oh my wow. god! That's um, awesome. It's uh, Munchkin is translated into uh, well over a dozen other languages. I want to say nineteen, but I, I don't. You know, I, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, I travel. I get invited to conventions all over the world. I went to Poland and. Brazil in the last couple of years. I go to England and Italy all the time. Germany, I get over to Germany quite a bit. Um, there's an Australian convention. Uh, but it's, it's strange to me because Munchkin, so much of Munchkin is based on uh, puns. And Steve comes up with some, and Andrew, Andrew Hackard as well now, who is the Munchkin czar. Uh, they come up with some amazing uh, puns, and you can take that, you know, whichever way you wish, depending <laughs> on your love of puns or not. We we, we have, have somebody who usually sits with us uh, when we podcast record, and he's he's uh, we'll pun. say notorious, not famous, but notorious for puns. Yes, he's not a pun master <clears throat> yet, but yeah. he's getting yeah. there. You'd like to think he is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, considering how much of Munchkin to me is <laughs> just you know the humor is pun based, uh, uh-huh. the fact that um, you've got. German, Czech, Russian, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, I believe, um, Yiddish uh, editions, uh, is uh, Portuguese, Spanish, uh, obviously. Uh, it's just crazy. Uh, it's wonderful. It's absolutely uh, amazing. You know, I can be at a convention in Poland and I can draw somebody the Duck of Doom, and you look up, and it's just made their entire day. <laughs> you know, they're beaming, and you know, being able to do something like that is such a huge uh, privilege. Uh, you know, doing something that can make people happy, that can get their minds off of things for just a little bit. That's really um, the payoff, isn't yeah, it? That's why we do the things we do. Thing. Apples to Apples was huge in uh-huh. the U.S. It sold millions of copies. Um, but it wasn't this worldwide hit that Munchkin has become. Gotcha. And then Apples to Apples kind of got supplanted by that ominous thing that came in behind it. Which is intern Becca's favorite game of all time. Oh, oh I'll see. I've, I've seen some stuff with that game. You know, back when, okay, so Out of the Box Publishing is no longer around. They uh, closed up shop uh, a couple of years ago. Okay. Um... I actually hadn't been. We sold apples to apples to Mattel, mm-hmm. um, yeah, about ten years ago, uh, and um, Mattel bought apples to apples from us and a couple of other games. Um, so it was it was weird when that first happened because I I you know realized apples to apples uh, was on its way to becoming a real pop cultural hit, and I wanted to be along for the entire ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and once Mattel bought it, uh, it's like, you know, don't get me wrong, Mattel basically backed up the money truck. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, my daughter's got a college fund now, so mm-hmm. that's great. There um, you go. But uh, whenever I'd see apples to apples in the store after Mattel bought it, I felt 
like you know running into an ex-girlfriend who was oh. with her new boyfriend who was much more handsome and much wealthier. Awkward. <laughs> um, but no, we we uh, made a conscious decision back with Apples to Apples not to um, protect the game mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, for example, uh, the uh, tapping cards and magic actually um, was uh, protected. Uh, it was a mechanic that you could not use. Um, I don't know what the legal status of that still is because there have been some uh, cases that have decided that you cannot actually uh, protect game mechanics like you can other intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the time, we made the decision that we were not going to uh, try to get a patent for the judge mechanic in Apples to Apples. Okay. And as a result, the mechanic was out there. Uh, many games use it. Many, many, many games use it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just been good for gaming. The At least for general uh, sort of um, high street gaming. Uh-huh. Um, before Apples, uh, most of the games, you would go through Target or Walmart or wherever, and most of the games you would see on the shelves were trivia games. Mm-hmm. And if you like trivia, that's fantastic. Uh, if you don't, you're kind of screwed. Um, but now there are so many really amazing games out there um, which kind of use the mechanic one way or another, and people are using the mechanic in different ways. Um, and I think that's also led, uh, at least on a little part, it's led to the whole boom of having really great, interesting games on the shelves of Target or Walmart or uh, Barnes & Nobles have got their own section. And Barnes & Nobles actually were the company that uh, led the way. They had these wonderful gaming sections uh, well before anybody else did, any of the other um, you know, high street, they call them high street stores in the UK, I guess big box stores okay. uh, is what they're called here in the U.S. Um, and it's now at the point where I walked into the local Walgreens the other day, uh, just yesterday, and I saw that they had um, Munchkin Grim Tidings on the shelves, oh, wow. which is a product we produced just for Walgreens. Um, and that was just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's been... Uh, compared to where gaming was uh, 20 years ago when Apples to Apples first started, because uh, it was it was a game that changed gaming, and it was it's really nice, even though you know I don't uh, have anything to do with it anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know Mattel's got it, and they've taken the Apple and run with it. But it was really, really nice to be part of a game that actually literally changed gaming. That is cool. That was very, very cool. That is amazing. Um, you you mentioned your daughter in the college fund, and Sherry's notes here has daughter's diorama. So I'm going to put those A, A, A plus B together and ask you what this is all about, the, your daughter's diorama. <laughs> uh, my daughter is wonderful. Uh, she is nine years old at the moment, uh-huh. and she has grown up with her dad as a gamer. Okay. Um, and so she has grown up with me drawing Munchkin cards. Uh, but anyway, she is she is studying in her school. They are studying Aztec uh, and Mayan cultures. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And 
uh, for their history and geography uh, section this this school term. And I was cleaning the kitchen, and I came across a diorama she had made with her stuffies about a human sacrifice. (laughs) (laughs) Teach her young. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, uh, The the, the head priest is a Hatchimal. It's got these dead, dead eyes. And she tore a heart, which another one of the stuffies is holding. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is phenomenal. (laughs) She um, drew a little dagger for another one of the stuffies. And then I brought over this pen holder from England last time I went over there, from London. Mm-hmm. Actually, about a year ago, I brought this over. Um, and it's, it's a, essentially, it's a pen holder that looks like a, uh, uh, a body that's just lying on the ground. And there's a place where you just put the pen right into where the heart would be. <laughs> so that's the victim. <laughs> it, was an equal point, it was an equal part, incredibly cute and also incredibly disturbing. It's it's almost like it's almost like that scene in Jersey Girl where she does the the number from Sweeney Todd. Yes, yes, <laughs> Sweeney exactly. Todd. Oh my God, that is phenomenal. She's a part of that movie. Uh, I so, love it. Yeah, so I posted some of them on Twitter and on my Facebook page, uh-huh. um, and you know it was just really cute. But also in the back of my mind, there's like, uh oh. Um, but yeah, she wants to join in the D and D game right now. So I'm trying to come up with a slightly uh, modified version of the D&D rules so that she and a couple of her friends from school can play. That's phenomenal. I mean, they can play right now because I think 5th edition is so, uh, you know, friendly. Yes. Um, and so, you know, the, the rules are so elegant. But I'm, I'm coming up with simplified player character sheets for them. Gotcha, gotcha. And I think yeah. you and I were hinting on that when we were talking before we were recording. Uh, you had mentioned playing Pathfinder, and, and I love Pathfinder for the depth and the complexity. But when you're in the, the upper teens and you have a one-inch binder to play you know, a simple character, it's like, okay, this is for the heavy hitters. But then 5th edition yeah. Yeah. kind of restored that whole, that vibe, that feel. that And you, you use the word elegance, and I agree with it wholeheartedly. Uh, to, oh, it's that's kind so, of why. I mean, it, and there's so much. Like right now I'm really loving the storytelling. It goes back and forth yes. uh, in the game. And I've learned not to overly prep my games anymore. Yeah. Because, uh... You just never know. Exactly. Exactly. There's so much the characters will do. Like, I've got a real big surprise for them, this game. They just, they all went in uh, to attack the, um, a goblin stronghold, uh-huh. uh, this, the last couple of sessions. And they never said what they did with their horses outside. So oh, good. <laughs> They're going to be snacks. Bite, bite, munch, munch. That's usually a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can tell us what happens because they won't ever hear about well, it. Well, they're going to hear about it two hear... weeks down the road. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, right. That's true. No, so there's a, there's a, they had a goblin who led them to the castle. Uh-huh. And so I've got this whole little scenario set up where... The goblin is has taken their horses, but then the goblin was attacked by... Well, he wasn't attacked. He formed an alliance with some hobgoblins who were coming back to the castle okay. and who saw essentially that the characters had slaughtered, it, slaughtered everyone. And uh, then they, in turn, got attacked by a couple of ogres. So it's going to be... Uh, the ogres now have got the goblin tied up. The hobgoblins are dead. But it's going to be this little CSI mystery <laughs> for the ranger to work out what all of these tracks mean. I love it. And um, 
uh, I'm just really looking forward to today's session because it's actually got nothing. Nothing about it has been written up in the uh, adventure, save for that these hobgoblins are going to return at some point to the mm-hmm. uh, to Castle Cragmore. Uh-huh. Um, and I just I love points like this, which just flow off of something the characters have done. Yes. Um, it, to me, this is uh, hugely fun, and I'm I I really. I'm so glad to be back DMing again. Uh, I love playing, but I got to tell you, uh, DMing is where my mind is, where my heart is. I, so, I go ahead, Tanya. So, can you come to Rochester and DM for us? Because, <laughs> like, Absolutely, I have the attention span of a gnat that I have DM'd like once, and it's been like what five, six sessions, and I'm like, okay, my my ADD's I, You know in. what? I've never actually been a player for you when you were a DM. <laughs> that happened before I came back to your table. You're um, probably lucky. I, I like to balance. I like I love to play. I'm like you, John. I love to play, but I also love to DM. Like I said, I, um, I've, I have that one game world that I've been tinkering with for about thirty years now, and I always add something to it. And, and yep. it's it's I just I want to create the ultimate sandbox because there's no sense in creating a, an actual plot line because players are going to do whatever the heck they want to do. Oh, so, right. So we if will. you give them... In fact, I've actually incorporated uh, this uh, adventure into my own world, which is the one which I had begun uh-huh. when I was last DMing back in the 80s. Oh, wow. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm actually kind of looking forward to this particular adventure finishing because I've got so much I want to do in this world. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is I I have all these nooks and crannies and I just I hope they discover this. I would love it if they could discover this. This would be great. And then they're off somewhere else completely entirely, yeah. <laughs> other end of the map. So yeah, those that's the exactly. lament of the DM right there. But it's there. still there for us to discover. Yes, sometime. it's still there for you to discover. I'm just yeah. wishing you would discover it when you were the same level as the actual item instead of you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. You one find- of the nice, one of the really nice things is um, I think it's really revitalized Dork Tower for its 20th anniversary. Uh-huh. Because some of the gaming cartooning I've been doing recently, I've been so happy with. Uh, and it, it's come just at the right moment, because we started a Dork Tower Patreon. Uh, the strip's back on a regular schedule. Again, it hadn't been for a while mm-hmm. because of all the other work I've been having to do. Uh, we're going to be putting out some more collections this year, and we're going to be putting out 20th anniversary editions of the previous collections. But more than anything, just being behind the ga- behind the DM screen again has got me coming up with so many ideas. Oh, that's great. That's great. See, you, know, you love to hear stuff like that because that's we're all in a community that loves to create things. We want to create adventures. We want to create these moments. We want to create these stories. And, and I think that's that's really what, what the gaming is all about. One of the real nice things these days, which you know, my 16-year-old self would have loved uh, back in... 1980, um, 1979. I really have loved all of the live play podcasts that yes. are out there. Uh, following them, you know, following a couple, you know, finding ones you like and following them and listening to how other DMs approach things, being able to get ideas directly from other DMs like that is amazing. It because, is. You know, even back in the 80s and 90s, um, and in fact, the early aughts, you just couldn't do that. You would, you know, at, at best you would go to a convention and sit in on some seminars and take notes. Mm-hmm. But actually following, you know, other players and other campaigns, uh, you just get so many great ideas for how to run things and how to, um, how to storytell, how, how to uh, set up the chapters, how to get the, you know, important plot points, uh, make sure that they end the session, uh, having a cliffhanger every now and then. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's just fantastic. It's a great time to be doing this. It is. I've been watching Critical Role is the one I've been watching the most. 
Mm. And and I'm I'm going to pat myself on the shoulder. This spring, summer at the latest, we're actually going to be starting one of our own uh, as part of our podcast series, uh, as in association with our own group. So we we're, we're we're going to be out there doing our own thing. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, nice! Uh, make sure you know you somebody emails me about that. I'd love to listen in. Sure. I absolutely, absolutely. will. <laughs> absolutely will. Absolutely. And, and and I would love to have your input. So if you ever do catch an episode when we finally get this thing running, and you're like, hey, you should think of this. I I, I would love to hear that. That'd be amazing. Absolutely. I've only just started listening to Critical Role because uh, oh, I just haven't been to television yeah. these days. And you know, I don't say that as any kind of like, you know, oh, television elitist. There's a ton of television <laughs> I wish I was watching. But I've just, you know, with, a, uh, with my daughter, uh, you know, kids take a lot of time. And as soon as I come home, I'm making supper. My wife works at public radio. Um, and cooking has kind of become my hobby since gaming and cartooning have both become my jobs. Right. And then it's cleanup time, and then it's like getting a little more work done afterwards, and then you're exhausted. But ever since uh, Critical Role started podcasting, you know, just doing the um, audio feeds, I've been following along to that, and it is so great. It is. They're, they're a lot of fun, and I love how they interact. These people, have, you can tell they've been together for a lot for a long time. They're all friends. They all like to get yes. along. And so they have this dynamic yeah. that, that was created long before the actual podcast began. So they weren't just suddenly thrown together. They weren't auditioned or anything like that and then now they got the show they, they've been yep. together and you see that vibe and i, I think that's one exactly. of the, the best parts about it yep. have you yep. listened at all to the um podcast critical hit i have um i'm trying to remember which one that is uh i know i have um, it's been around for a while it started with uh i think 3.5 and it's gone through um, and it's neat because when it started out, it was, um, there was only, there was one person who had never played before. So okay. taking him through, it's really interesting to, to listen to. So it's a good one for people who haven't played to see what it's like, to, but the rest of them are all, um, all right, 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 right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, also after the, uh, yeah, yep. That's, that's, I have listened to that one. Yes. There are just so many of them out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other thing is, there are some great podcasts as well, just for uh, the the bit, the sort of uh, the crunchy stuff, the DM advice podcasts, or uh, one of my very favorite podcasts is run by a couple of friends of mine uh, called Ken and Robin Talk About Stuff, which is the writer and game designers uh, Robin Laws and Kenneth Height, and that is just a brilliant uh, podcast to pick up gaming hints and tricks and the like and just general information. I'm definitely looking into um, that. It's like DM's Guild, is that the name of another one? Um, but yeah, there's just so much out there between the live play, between, uh, oh my God, Critical Hit is up to episode 439. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we can, um, unfortunately... I love, there's... Um, it's too much. Uh, Godfall is a fantastic <laughs> live play, incredibly well produced, um, and also very progressive uh, uh-huh. in its you know social leanings. Um, oh, there's uh, one I love uh, called uh, Bored with Life, which is I love it because that a lot of times is just fun and messy, and it's got people talking over each other. So whereas uh, was Critical Role and that. Um, God's Fall are the games I aspire to run. Mm-hmm. Um, something like uh, Board with Life is the game I actually run, and I love it because there's <laughs> swearing and there's mistakes. Yes. And it's hugely, hugely fun. 
Oh man, <laughs> and we could talk about this for 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 millennia. I think probably yeah, more than more absolutely. than hours. Um, so and, we're gonna have to do a part two sometime. We're gonna have to do a part two sometime. I think, John. I think we'll, we'll we'll give you a call back and see how um, how the the ogres if they were caught by the CSI or anything along those. We have oh, to because the, yeah, it's time the to... plan is that they are going to be caught. But also, this is the first time this group of characters is going to. I'm I'm really I'm I'm not sure because there's so much. You know, it's like. Okay, do the ogres get an owl bear pet? I'm not sure how mean I want to be to them for not really specifying how well they were going to look after the horses. Then uh. <laughs> that's that's see that's clutch, and we will yeah. find out about that. And because I want to have John back on the show yes. again, I got to have John back Absolutely. on the show again. This has been would awesome. Love to be back on sometime, John. Would you believe that like 50 minutes have just flown right by? No way. You are a liar. I, well, no, I've been called worse by better people. No, I'm <laughs> It's going to be time for your characters to storm the castle. It's, yep. So you go have fun. I've got to go and prep for this. Go, ahead, go do so. your thing. And, and thank you, because this has been a lot of fun. I, and it's, it's great to, to have like, that kindred spirit feeling of the, you know, the people who've been uh, we, we behind the so screen. Lucky. This is such a great hobby. It is. It is. Uh, I'm, yeah, I, I just am so glad that so many 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 more people are discovering this and it really it feels like it's gone mainstream it really does oh and i'm thinking yeah, that's just that's the best yeah. thing ever um so yes we will definitely we're going to reach out to you again in the in the future so we can have another chat because this has been a lot of fun uh so for all our listeners this has been john kovalik uh the man behind the dork tower and dorktower.com uh, and dork for 20 years john thank you again and you have a great session today Thanks, and same to you guys. Thank you. Hopefully, you guys. <laughs> that remains to be seen. <laughs> Take care. You too, man. You too. Take care. Thank Bye-bye. you. And we will be back. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, and all things in between. That was fun. That, that was a great That was a great interview. interview. <laughs> I like that guy a lot. I Holy so moly. want him to come and DM now. Yeah, seriously. Sherry, great find. That was awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you. All right, so we're going to jump right into uh, to some shout-outs and some business, and we'll start uh, work on our way towards the end of the day today. And so our sponsor shout-outs, as always, to our, our friends at Knox. Yay! And Selena's. Woo-hoo. Yay! <laughs> and and I'm telling you, you know, nothing makes you want and crave a blood orange margarita more than not being able to drink alcohol because you're on <laughs> antibiotics. I'm just saying. Oh. Uh, our gang over on Buffalo Road, First Print Comics. Woohoo! Uh, the Great Escape Room. Look yay. At, we, we, the Great. Hmm? I said yay. Yay. Great I, Escape Room. I, we, we had a, a ball in there. Uh, my my family went there last summer. For, okay. Uh, Day trip. My wife's uh, brother and nephew were visiting from New Mexico. Uh-huh. So you guys just didn't finding escape, things. Though, to, now we missed it by a couple minutes. We, we so you're still stuck in the library. Yeah, still stuck. Yeah. yeah, we'll come get you. Okay. Because uh, we have to escape from the library. Still. We have not done the library yet. And then uh, I want to do an escape room. Okay, all right, we'll come to town. So... We'll set it all up. All right, and then. Our last sponsor to talk about right now is our friends at Wibbly Wobbly Timey Wimey, bringing all sorts of Doctor Who goodness to you. Which I have to contact her for a Doctor Who hoodie. Yes, you have to call her for the uh, hoodie. They had some cool Doctor merch. They did have well, a lot of great Well, it's a zip-up yeah. hoodie I need. It's the, like the one that, I, that Dan and I have where you, where you yeah. zip it up and it's the outline of the TARDIS. Yeah, so my mom was asking me about right. that today, so I have to contact Heather at Wibbly Wobbly. 
And uh, we got a Patreon shout-out. We do? We haven't and had one in a little me? while, and it's not you. Because that was the last one. It's uh, it's it's Anne. Anne. And I'm going to massacre Anne's last name, which is, which is a shame. Uh, but I'm going to... It's Anne Sherry, Ma- can you do it? Anne Miguli. Nope. Nope. Uh. Anne Miguli, who is one of our own. She's one part of the family, the FC3 See, family. we have to support our own. We are supporting ourselves. So when are you becoming a Patreon? Um, probably after I get my taxes. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to probably put a little bit more of investment than a dollar a, then, a, a, well, right a now, month. Well, right now, I can in. do a dollar. Yeah. So if you want to be a Patreon and you want to have your name shouted out and you want to have access to all sorts of good behind-the-scenes stuff, then go to patreon.com and type in F-C-3-R-O-C. We have lots of great uh, levels available. Sherry worked mm-hmm. very hard on that. And for as low as $1 a month, you'll have access to the director's blogs and some behind-the-scenes and early guest announcements and all sorts of fun stuff. So a mere $12 a year. Come on. Which we're hoping to have another guest announcement coming pretty yeah. soon. Yeah. There's, there's, I think there's one more coming up with maybe another one waiting in the wings. I don't right. know offhand. One or two. Something one or like two. That. So it's possible. And then we're going to look at artists also. Yes, we are. We do have some artists that we're talking to. And then we have our we have our Patreon, our sponsor shout-outs, our Patreon shout-outs, and now we have Apple five-star reviews to talk about. Lady Bug Ann. Lady Bug Ann says, funny and informative makes the workday faster and easier to get through. Thanks! <laughs> Ladybug, I love that. That is so sweet. Funny and informative. I'm telling you. We, we, um, (laughs) funny looking and informative, we got that too. Well, we laugh a lot. (laughs) We do. And we've been trying to be more informative, especially when we had our Filk one. Well, we like to know what we, we like to sound like we know what we're talking about. Well, we do. We do for the most part. I think that's, that's what the internet's for. Well, the internet. Well, <laughs> we just have you, to get time. Every time you say that, you know what pops into my head? Damn you, Tanya. The Katy Perry. And- no, the internet is for porn. The internet. Anyway, no, no, but I think no, one, it's of, not. one of the great things of this crew, and and you know, I know the, the the faces at the table have fluctuated over the past year and a half that we've been doing this. But you know, Billy, you and I have been the same, mm-hmm. Tanya. And then we have Becca here, and Sherry, and Chris, and, and Alana, and then Rob and Zach, and Dolly. You get all these different perspectives. Everybody has their own kind of like their thing that they love the most. And so it's great to be able to have somebody who can kind of talk about just about anything. And it's great. It's great for me because I don't have to be an expert in everything. I know I can turn to other people. So that's, Jack of all trades, master of none. Oh, that's like the story of my life. I think that's the <laughs> subtitle of my autobiography, to be honest. That's Sherry's so, writing? That's Sherry's writing, yes, because her reach is long. <laughs> So. You will never forget that. Oh, no. Come on. I, I would have been happily as like that would have been one of the stories that just kind of faded into, you know, the background that we talk about once in a while. But when Kevin Duhaney, the freaking Blue Ranger, walks up to me, shakes my hand and says, no, no power in the verse can stop Sherry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, that's going to be Just burned, wait until the convention weekend. Burned into my head. Jake I, the Snake Roberts is going to DDT you. Put his, oh, no. put his Python Damien on top of you and go, Sherry's reach is long. I know. Seriously. I am so. Don't give her, don't give her ideas. Do not give her ideas. Sherry's like, I didn't think I of didn't that. Of <laughs> no giving Sherry ideas. We need Chris to actually walk that weekend. So She's he mad enough at me as it is. DDT from Jake the Snake. We can't have him do that. Now I have a coworker that is more than willing to take yeah, the fall. We have somebody who's actually volunteering to be to be power bombed by by Jake the Snake. Oh, nice. Yes. So <laughs> that would be Sean Stocking. <laughs> yeah. So Sean, you're on the hook for that one. Yep. He's okay with it. Um. We got a couple of uh, events coming up. We, we got su- superhero weekends coming up March twenty fourth and twenty fifth, and that will be at the Strong Museum of Play. We're going right to be participating the there, from, uh... right around the corner from where we are sitting right now. And we have our sci fi quiz uh, March twenty fourth, also that Saturday. Yes. Uh, the time is to be decided, but it's going to be in the evening, and that's going to be at Knox in the Craft party room, cocktails and comfort foods in the party room. 
Uh, but that will be held by us. Yes. Make sure that you get your FC3 tickets before the um, sci-fi trivia night or before um, uh-huh. any event that we hold at Knox because they will offer discount um, drink specials oh, and cool. things like that. But you have to have your FC3 tickets first. If you don't have your tickets, we will have some for you on sale when we're there. There you go. So there you have it. So you but get your tickets. Get your tickets for the for FC3 ahead of time. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. We have an Everyday Hero. We do. We have Everyday Heroes this we week. We do. On this week's Everyday yes, we Heroes, do. we want to give a shout-out to the amazing mother-daughter EMT duo of Shelly and Malia Crum. Did I pronounce Malia right? Did I get that, Malia? Yeah. Malia. In addition to being first responders, these amazing ladies also skate for the Central New York Roller Derby under the names of Sinful Pleasures and White Lie. Thank you, ladies, for being our heroes. And remember, not all heroes wear capes. I think that's awesome. That's that's phenomenal. No capes. No capes. Uh, no and capes. I see a note here saying, new segment, question of the week. Do we have a question of the week? It's right there. Is it? Where am I looking? I'm at the wrong. Okay, here we go. Oh, I found it. <laughs> found it in my notes. Too many pieces of paper for him today. What is making your geeky little heart happy this week? Billy. What is making your geeky little heart happy this week? Does it have to be geeky, or can it just, just be something your, in general? Well, no. Sher- Sherry, what's your okay. what's your thing about geeky? Oh no, basically, it's just we all have geeky hearts because anything that you love enough is geeky. Okay. Um, the question is, Billy. The question is, what movie, TV show, book, or album are you currently watching, reading, or listening? When I got home from uh, work last Sunday. I discovered an album that I have not stopped listening to since. It's a a, a singer-songwriter by the name of Brian Fallon. He was a, in a band called Gaslight Anthem, a rock and roll band, One sort of them, Springsteen-esque. Yeah. And he's got a couple solo albums out. His newest one was released a couple Fridays ago, and I downloaded it, and it's amazing. And he's coming to Rochester soon, and I'm going to see him. And and it hasn't left your CD player since then. It has not. I've I've listened nice. to this. I've listened to the whole thing maybe 10, 15 times. Nice. And it's an amazing album. Brian Fallon's Sleepwalkers album. I highly recommend it. Okay. I think that's a good thing. Tanya, how about you? What's making your geeky little heart happy today? Oh, I've got lots of different things. I saw Black Panther Friday night, Uh and I'm in the process of uh, currently reading Ready Player One. Okay. To get ready for the the movie movie and things like that. And um, I'm just enjoying just the 80s references and the references (laughs) to... um, Acerex Tomb of Horrors. Oh God, yeah. That's in there. Being actually a player that's gone through that several been times, by... been victimized by several DMs in that, and mm-hmm. knowing to stay away from the sphere of annihilation. My there wife you. read that book a couple of years ago when it first came out, and she's kept. She keeps saying that I would love it. Yeah, it's definitely '80s geeky references okay. and everything. And it's awesome. It, it is really okay. awesome. When I saw the preview, when I. So I can't remember which movie I went to see a couple of weeks ago. Maybe, I don't know. But I saw the preview for Ready, Ready Player One. I had no clue that it was Ready Player One because I really hadn't gotten into the book yet. Mm-hmm. So now it's starting to make a little more sense. Okay. So there you go. That's me. And things that make sense, that's usually something that eludes us. Yes. Yeah. Chris, how about you? What's making your geeky little heart happy today? That would be Chris S., oh, not Chris Frank. Well, yeah. <laughs> Since I'm, the, I'm not talking to myself for a change of pace. Well, started reading Saga. Okay. Uh, I've already done the first 
And uh, just about for a second. Fiona Staples' uh, um, masterpiece there. Let's see what else? Uh, we've also been watching Green Arrow. Okay. Well, Arrow. 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 <laughs> yes, me too. I have to catch up on that. I, you know, like I've said, I've caught said up on several Flash. times, I have not caught up on any of my CW shows. I, um, I haven't even watched Flash yet. Yeah. And, uh, well, you're just, for a treat. That's a fun one. We just had second season. A Flash? Too many things. Yeah. Not oh. enough time. Oh, I know. I was say, DC Legends of Tomorrow will come be brought back in the first week of March, I think. Yeah, something like that. The, oh. the big problem is uh, I watched Flash back in the 90s, and oh, I've right. been waiting to watch that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. How about you, Sherry? Um, I'm currently reading uh, Jenny Lawson's Furiously Happy, which is re- I'm really enjoying it. She is better known online as the bloggist. She is a longtime blogger. Um, if you've ever read her blog at all, you'll understand references like um, Don't Bring Any More Towels Into This House and Beyonce, the giant metal chicken. <laughs> uh, would be, don't bring any more t-shirts into our house. Oh, man. That's <laughs> no. good. I want t-shirts. <laughs> I love it. Didn't you have to give up a t-shirt room lately in your house? No, there's a new cat in my t-shirt room. Yeah, but... hanging out. Yeah. yeah. It, it's afraid to so leave I... it. Leave that room. Aw. So I'm currently reading her second book. Her first book was called Let's Pretend This Never Happened. <laughs> mm. And so the second one is Furiously Happy. She is an amazing woman, an amazing writer, funny as hell, very <laughs> honest about uh, the, her mental issues, and is a wonderful advocate for people um, with, with problems of their own. And um, she's just incredible. I'm really enjoying the book very much. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Monkey Monk, how about you, Sweet Pea? Um, the, the two things I'm keeping up on, um, right now is I'm listening to the podcast Heroes and Villains. Okay. Uh, Bruce Leslie is the host. He's the one that runs the show. It's, I'm enjoying it. There are just two point, two moments that so far that have aggravated me, but those were some pretty early on. He's like over 200 episodes. Oh boy. So... I'm hoping it's just his early stuff that he's making those sort of comments. Um, you want to tell us about the comments? Uh, the first one was uh, he was talking about how he didn't have fema- a female listener base. It started off with going, oh, hey, ladies and gentlemen, like he was like, talking to all of them. And he's like, well, no, just gentlemen. And he's like, wait, no. I had a, he had a woman on to uh, talk about a character with, and he's like, and she's, she, other than her, she's really the only woman listening, and I'm like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> so you set him straight, he, right? That's it. Clear that air. And then the other one was, I was listening to his Winter Soldier one, it was before the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And he and he said something about how pseudo nerds only watch the movies. Gotcha. And I had to stop. I was cleaning my grandfather's house at that time, and I had to stop for a moment. I was mopping the floor, and I had to go. No, no. <laughs> so you start shouting at things. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, she's not my daughter. 
Um, and Chris? Yes. I, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot Becca. <laughs> Becca. I'm I, I'm, well, I saved Becca for last because I know that what she's going to be talking about is something that we're actually going to be going to ta- be leading into our is going to lead up to our podcast next week. Okay. So, so Becca, go ahead. And for a seed that big one with one thing I'm actually really excited about. Uh huh. So, uh, what was it again? I don't the know. live action film for Full Metal Alchemist is finally coming out on Netflix. Oh, okay. So I'll finally get to see that. Good. I'm excited. But but your big Thanks thing that you've been like you've been like every time we talk about making things happy you, you're like you're holding <laughs> your notes there for next week's podcast. Ooh, I've got my notes. What are uh, we talking about next week? Voltron season five is coming out March fourth. Okay. Yes. So we're gonna so we're gonna be having a little chat next week about Voltron the 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 animated series. The, in mm-hmm. both of its its original 1980s form and in the current form, and we're yes. gonna we're gonna be pointedly ignoring all of the little you know the failed mishaps along the way. Yes. Okay. It's the yeah. third dimension. The third dimension. <laughs> Voltron Force. Voltron Force. All that crap. Yeah. We're gonna play around with some fun beast lion, gold so we're gonna, lion. We're gonna we're gonna talk. We're, yeah. Um, how about the chartreuse lion? I'm in for the chartreuse yeah, pink polka I don't dot know. lion. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then me. Yeah, Chris. What makes you happy this? Week? Right now, I got to tell you, I'm having fun as a DM. At, at the table because I've got the every yeah. other Sunday game that I've been I've been at the table, but now I've picked up steam on an email campaign that I've been doing. You with, killed a baby. Stop it. With uh, pro- <laughs> that's what you think I did, and that's um, not even in the game. I'm telling you. <laughs> anyway, I'm not even going into stuff on real life at the moment. But uh, but I got an email campaign with producer Sherry and her husband Chris, the guys who are on the phone with us right now, and uh, and so it's fun to be able to. I've had this game world that I've created uh, like 30 years ago, and I've been tweaking it and adding to it and kind of writing notes for it. And to have these two different groups in two different places. So what have we crossed? You have not crossed yet. They're still relatively new in their campaign yet, and you're still far enough away from each okay. other. You're on the same continent, I'll tell well, you that's that much. Well, that's good. Um, you guys, <laughs> your table, Tanya, is about two months ahead of them at the that, moment. Okay. Because they're still at the tail end of the year. You guys have gotten into the new year at this okay. point. So you guys haven't seen what they have and, and vice versa. So we're, we're their future. Well, for now. <laughs> for now. But, you know, the great thing about D&D is that you can do a three-hour walk in five seconds, and a five-second battle takes three hours. Yes. You know, that's the thing yep. about D&D. Yes. That's timeology in, in D there, D&D there. Um, Do so you that, guys take, like, like, I don't know, six days to go through one thing? Yeah, well, that's because of the fact that your mother and I, um, I think we would email, like, maybe two or three times a day. And so we were going through this really long and involved day, and it took us almost a week to get through that single day. Well, yeah, because email, whatever. Email, exactly. So, that, I mean, if we were at the table, we probably would have been able to fly through that in about an hour or two, but you never know. Um, so that's the thing. I mean, but you know, do you imagine back in the day when John Kovalik was first playing D&D and when I was first playing D&D, email didn't exist. No. People would actually play by mail. Like snail yes, mail, they, they would send are. letters mm-hmm. to each other describing their actions, and the DM would then just you know send e- would send snail mail. Oh my god, back. that would kill me! It would take months to just do <laughs> that like would kill me a day long interaction. It would it's so I can you imagine how that's evolved at least. Oh. Um, and now there's like Skype and everything. So, yeah, seriously. So, you so can, uh... we'll be doing some other things in the future. It's good stuff. <laughs> so that's great. This was a great episode, Mike. I had fun today. This was a lot of fun today. You don't have fun any other. Day? There are days where it's a little more work than others, but that's just you know that's the the, the it's work. That's the thing. That's the thing about being a host is you got to kind of be on your game all the time, even when you're when you're tired and on medicines and stuff like that. But oh well, moving on. And now your favorite part. There it is. And this has been Monkey <laughs> Business. 
Hey, product. Sherry wants this for both beginning and end. Yeah, I hate you. Um, where, where are we? Oh, this is a product of the Mighty Monkey yes. Comfort Corporation, the purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con. Coming at you June 9th and 10th, 2018 at the Floriano, Rochester Riverside Convention Center. Like us on Facebook. Love us on Facebook. Follow us on Patreon. www.facebook.com slash FC3ROC. We'll see you next week. Bye. You are so channeling your inner inflatable man for Stop Dolly it. just a second ago. <laughs> Whee, there goes the arms. Anyway. There right. you go, Dolly. I'm That's gonna, for you. I'm going to go lay down and take a nap now. <laughs>